Hello, everyone. I want to introduce the concept of interludes where I come to you and give you my unfiltered, unscripted, freestyle thoughts on uh, a topic so that you can get to know me a little bit better and how I think about things outside of the format of the podcast. And the first topic that I wanted to discuss is climate change and how to survive the end of the world. So I got that title from a podcast that I listened to called How to Survive the End of the World by Adrienne Marie Brown and Autumn Brown, uh, two sisters who do social justice work in a variety of ways. Um, and, you know, I'm sure all of you have been hearing the various climate, you know, uh, climate change the climate change news and the uh, various forecasts uh, of the, you know, severity of it, you know, from some from some people who believe that it's not that serious, uh, it's quote unquote fake news, to you know those who are predicting total societal collapse. And for me, just so you all know, I don't watch the news, so I I listen to several podcasts. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram, so that's my news. So if something is like really, really serious, you know, I'll I'll catch wind of it from someone I know. Um, and if I decide to tune in, I will. But um, you know, I, I stay stay clear of uh, all that comes with uh, mass media news, um, and I'm sure you can probably gather the reasons why. So with that being said. Um, I've been hearing hearing about climate change primarily through the podcast that I listen to. And last year, I'll say prior to last year, throughout my entire life, I've heard, you know, things about we should recycle because it's healthy for the planet. I've heard things about the ozone layer and global warming um, within my adult life. Um, but I'd never heard anything about like impending doom like there's literally like a day that is a day of reckoning that is coming in my lifetime until last year and I um listened to a podcast there's one of the podcasts that I listened to uh called the future is beautiful and there was an episode with a climate scientist um by the name of Jim Bendel and Let's see. He's a he's an environmentalist. So during the episode, um, Amisha, who is the host, she was um, talking to him about a, uh, a paper that he released online. And Jim stated that he went to several, you know, scientific outlets over the years uh, trying to present his findings. And, you know, um, he had been receiving a lot of pushback. Because various uh, journals and, and outlets, news outlets and journals, basically were afraid of putting the masses in a hysteria if they got wind of, you know, what he was predicting. And basically, uh, Jim wrote a paper called Deep Adaptation, and he stated his belief in the inevitability of climate-induced societal collapse within the next 10 years. So... As I listened to that episode, it was very, very sobering. It made me extremely sad. 
and it was tough to hear. It was tough to uh, to grapple with. And in my mind, I was like, man, I wonder if a lot of people really understand this. Like, do people really realize that we could be, our way of life could totally change within our lifetime in the next 10 years or so? And I'm, I was, you know, I was scared. Um, I was angry and, you know, shocked that it, it, it had really, really come to this. And it's really about to go down <laughs> based on, you know, what I was listening to. So that was just one resource. And after I took in that resource, my antennas and my awareness of the various outlets that are putting this information out went up. And I started to see more and more articles, um, you know, about climate change. And I started to pay attention more. And I also started to connect the dots uh, between some of the other things that I've been learning around systems thinking and systems change, et cetera, and environmental, you know, health, et cetera. So I remember posting something on Facebook, um, you know, when that came out, just like, man, am I the only person that is grappling with this stuff? I don't, because I don't see many people on my timeline grappling with climate change and grappling with, you know, this inevitable change that's about to come if you believe what the scientists and environmentalists, geologists uh, are are saying. Um, because I, again, I don't see or hear, there's not, you know, there's, it's not common conversation in any of my social circles. So I was troubled, like, why aren't we like preparing for this? Why aren't we grappling with this and preparing for this? So I post, posted something on Facebook and it was crickets. No one said anything. So it just was out there. So I proceeded with life. Um, I had a conversation with one other individual about it. But uh, other than that, just proceeded. And then um, about a week or so ago, I listened to the, uh, the episode with this organization called Movement Generation uh, on uh, how to survive the end of the world. And I believe that's the name. Let me, let me just double check. Yeah, Movement Generation. So... I listened to that episode um, with Adrian Marie Brown and Autumn Brown. And again, it was so sobering, but it was from a different angle because the cool thing is, um, you know, the uh, Amisha and her um, her podcast, Jim Bendel was someone of European descent. And I believe he was uh, based over in the UK. Uh, and I believe Amisha is as well. So, it was kind of from their perspective. Um, and Amisha is someone of Asian uh, descent, of Asian Indian descent. And Jim Bendel is someone of European descent. Um, and I believe they both grew up in, in the UK. So then there's uh, How to Survive the End of the World with Autumn and um, Adrian. And their podcast really centers the experiences of um, you know, indigenous people, uh, African-American people, um, Latinx people, and generally people who are not of European descent uh, here in America. So to get their perspective and to hear from the organizer at Movement Generation and how they tied it to the, uh, the rights of indigenous people uh, and the fact that Indigenous people have been 
warning us that these uh, that the Western way of life, the capitalism, you know, colonized, um, you know, way of life, colonial way of life is the cause of much of what we're experiencing. And they've offered up solutions. Their elders have been offering up solutions and discussing these things for generations. And of course, because they are a very, um, you know, oppressed group of people in this country and marginalized and silenced group, uh, their voices aren't amplified in the ways that they should be. And, you know, I love how Adrian and Autumn's podcast centers their voices and helped me to understand, you know, this this issue from a different perspective and from a different angle. And I appreciate that that nuance and that that understanding. And but I'll say this as well. It was very sobering. It was it was scary. Um, and a lot of things went through my mind again, anger, fear, a whole bunch of thoughts, uh, sadness, et cetera, because this is just hard to grapple with the idea that, um, you know, human societies as we know them and literally our entire, you know, just humans in general, homo sapiens could be wiped off the face of the earth because we're causing so much, you know, um, dis-ease uh, for the environment and the earth is going to protect itself, protect itself because just like when, um, you know, a cell in our bodies get cancer and uh, the rest of the, the rest of our body attacks or the, I don't know the proper medical biological terms, but basically what I'm trying to say is, you know, the other cells attack the cancerous cells in your body um, and try to get rid of them. And, you know, I believe that there's similar processes that happen, um, you know, for the on earth where, you know, our natural disasters are responses, uh, to, to, to try to heal, um, the damage that's being done. And we're seeing so many more, um, I guess, uh, extreme occurrences of natural disasters and various other results of climate change that ultimately could end human life on this earth. And that's what a lot of, you know, again, a lot of environmentalists and other scientists are predicting could possibly happen, if not just greatly reduce the size of the human population on this earth. So again, as I continue to grapple with these things um, and I'm thinking about them, a few days later, just last week, um, I saw an article that was written by someone I know, um, Dr. Kelly Limes Taylor Henderson. And she wrote this article on her blog, and then it was republished in Tipping Points, which is an online um, online magazine for the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. And Kelly wrote an article that was basically talking about making a connection to self-directed education and the ways that, you know, those of us who are in that space should be viewing climate change and how it relates to how we view self-directed education. 
And Kelly's article really, 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 um, you know, gave me some things to grapple with and some things that I feel like are aligned with uh, this podcast. And I really wanted to talk about them. And I hope to get her on for an interview during season two of Theory of Indivisibility, because that's when I plan to start interviewing people about these various concepts that we're discussing. So before I tell you some of my thoughts about Kelly's article, I want to point out that everything that I share is in the spirit of dialogue. Um, I stated in episode one that I am not an expert. I am a, I'm, a, I'm a curious person that asks a lot of questions and then seeks answers to those, to those questions. And when I offer critiques, I'm sharing my best thinking and I'm being vulnerable with my assumptions because I believe that based on my uh, education and the things I've learned about authentic dialogue, I believe that we have to reveal our assumptions in order to, we have to be willing to reveal our assumptions for reevaluation in order to move closer to uh, the truth. And, you know, and we can't be afraid to be wrong. So this is my attempt to do that. This podcast is a huge attempt to do that, to do that. And what I'm going to share in terms of my thoughts about Kelly's article, what I want to do there is uh, I also want to point out one of the tenets of dialogue that I constantly uh, reflect on, which is that in dialogue, one submits one's best thinking, knowing that other people's reflections will help improve it rather than destroy it. So I look at everything as like a constant learning and evolution and building on of thoughts and information and resources So when I read Kelly's article, there were certain things that she stated that brought up some things in me that I want to share in this interlude. And I hope that it'll be taken in the spirit of dialogue, in the spirit of continual growth and learning and reflecting and not an attempt to destroy or um, anything like that. So with that being said, you know, Kelly laid out Again, some of the very sobering facts about climate change and what that could mean for our life. And she did it in this article. So it's kind of like followed the same theme of the the two podcasts that I mentioned that were very sobering uh, and very real and direct and, you know, a wake up to offer a wake up call to all of us. And one of the things that Kelly put in her article and her article is titled An Education for the End of the World, Part Two. There was a part one and a part two, but I'm referencing part two. And one of the things that she stated in this article is that white supremacy did this. White supremacy caused climate change. And she stated that after 500 years of European dominance, the planet literally cannot support it anymore. And that has never happened in human history, ever. So that's when when Kelly stated that, I immediately thought about the work I've been doing and understanding and breaking down our our social systems. And there's, based on how I understand how human societies have evolved, there's truth in what Kelly is stating in terms of the fact that uh, white supremacy does play a role. But based on my understanding and the research I've done, it's not the root. And When I think about uh, the root cause, I believe that the root cause is power over and control. And once power over and control of others um, 
became a thing and was instituted into human societies after the agricultural revolution about 10,000 years ago, that began, um, that laid the foundation for other systems of power over and control with white supremacy being one of them. So in episode four of this podcast, this, that's the podcast where, that was, uh, where I dissected the evolutionary origins of power in human societies. And I created a cluster map where I listed a whole bunch of power over and control systems in human societies. And the whole purpose, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, the whole purpose of the podcast is to be able to help all of us to see the interconnectivities of all these systems and how they are connected to one another and how they influence one another. So in that power over cluster map, you know, I listed a whole bunch of social systems, each of which we could create a a cluster map for each one of these on their own as well. And I'm not going to list all of them, but just some of them that apply to this conversation, for example, would be competition, racism, patriarchy, authoritarianism, elitism, religion, uh, social stratification, and etc. I'll just I'll just name those. So the one that comes to mind that we could pull out and then create a whole nother cluster map for would be well a couple of them actually that white supremacy would actually fit in. So white white supremacy could go onto the power over cluster map. It could also go into the racism or patriarchy and authoritarianism cluster maps as well. So one of the things that um you know stuck out to me again is if I could add something to Kelly's conversation, um, it wouldn't. I wouldn't make the the blanks the blanket statement that white supremacy caused climate change uh, because of the work that I do and my desire to show people the connections again, the interconnections of all these social systems. And I would I would just try to broaden. Um, um, well, I want to I want to make sure I word this correctly because Kelly's paper has a purpose. And she understands that because there was some dialogue around it um, that I read um, that she had with someone on Facebook when I posted her article. And she understands that people are going to interpret it and grapple with it in different ways. So I don't want to say I'm adding to or like that is needed. I want to I just want to make sure that I'm stating that her paper serves a purpose. Her piece, you know, serves a purpose and it's whole as it is and it's complete as it is based on, you know, what's right based on her understanding and her perspectives of the problem. And again, I agree with what she's saying. Um, it's just, I, in addition to what she's saying, separate from what she's put here, I would just, to build on the work that she's done, um, I would like to connect. I think that's what I'm trying to articulate. I would like to connect my work to her work um, and saying that, well, what is white supremacy also connected to? How can we get to the root? And the reason why I say that is because she also goes on to point out that because of this, our environmental and self-directed educational practices, as well as anything else we do, must be anti-racist to its core. Human existence cannot afford for anyone to be neutral about racism. Once we understand the life-eradicating effect of white supremacy, we are able to recognize white supremacy as not just a race thing, but as something that negatively affects health at the planetary level. End quote. So 
again, I love that energy. I love where she's coming from. I love where she's going with it. And, and to connect my work to this, I would say that one of the things that when I endeavored on this process to create this podcast that I wanted to do was to really find the root. Like what's the, the, the root cause of all of these various social issues that we continue to grapple with where if we address that one thing, it would cover all the rest. So racism, which includes white supremacy, classism, sexism, ableism, ageism, all these various isms that oppress others in society. And for me, based on my understanding of it and based on the research I've done, it's power over and control. So what I think is where when Kelly states that human existence cannot afford for anyone to be neutral about racism, I would like to see... Or, or what I believe would solve and include her statement would be a statement that human existence cannot afford for anyone to be neutral about power over and control. And I literally, I believe that if we shifted to systems of power with and collaboration and co-creation, then we would solve all of the other social issues, including climate change if that's even possible. So that leads me into my final point, which is one of the things that I've been grappling with as I've been taking in all of this climate change, apocalypse is inevitable, you know, thoughts out there and information that is being uh, shared with everyone is that we've had well, one, how I've been processing, I'm, I'm, it's a couple of things. I've been dealing with my own fear around this and asking myself, like, why am I fearful of something that's inevitable? And what I mean by that is, you know, we're all going to die. That's something that we all know. So if death is inevitable, what is there to be fearful of? And then it's like, well, you know, if there's this apocalypse, if there's a series of natural disasters then that could mean some pretty, uh, you know, some people aren't going to be able to live, um, you know, long lives and it could, you know, just halt things and our children, grandchildren could be impacted in very, uh, very uh, hurtful, harmful or scary ways, I guess is the best way to say it. So that's what I grapple with. And then I think about the fact that there have been and I didn't take the time to, to verify this, but just going off the top of my head, I believe there's been about five or six major extinction events. Uh, and I know I covered this in episode two of the podcast, but I didn't go back into my notes. So, but I believe there's been about five or six major extinction events throughout the history of this planet. And I know that one of you know, most of them have taken out a majority of the living things on Earth every time that they've happened. And one of them took out 99% of the living things that were alive during that time. So extinction events or apocalypse events aren't new, you know, in terms of the evolution of, of Earth and life on Earth. It happens. So also, one of the things that I learned that I wasn't privy to until like the last few years of my life that I expressed in episode two of this episode 
is that there were 13, approximately 13 to 15, just going off the top of my head, other human species that lived on this earth that have now gone extinct. And Homo sapiens are the last species alive currently that scientists know, right? Know of. And apparently there were, uh, Homo sapiens also lived at the same time as Neanderthals and a couple of those others, and then Homo sapiens were the last to survive. So my understanding, based on my understanding of, you know, science and evolution, science is always behind what's happening in nature. So one of the thoughts that I have in my mind that I think about is, well, after the next major extinction event that we're currently living through, um, and let me say this, we're... The current extinction event that's happening, there is one that's currently happening, and literally thousands of species are going extinct and have been within, you know, the last few generations. So it's not usually like a one-time huge, um, like, event. Um, you know, it's something that generally happens. These extinction events generally happen over time, and then science is able to look back and say, you know, this is the, the damage. This is what, you know, happened. So with that being said, we are in the middle of this, this current extinction event, and it could get worse. And a lot of people are predicting that it's going to get worse, obviously. But with that being said, I think one of the things I wonder about is, you know, are Homo sapiens just the next human species to go extinct? And if that's the case, is there another human, expe human species that's already among us that we just don't understand and we just don't know yet because science is all, always behind what's occurring in nature. You know, nature is always doing its thing, and science literally is just like the uh, reporting, you know, mechanism for what nature is doing. So that's something I think about. And ultimately, well, something, that's a lot of things that I think about, right? But ultimately, I just think to myself again, like, again, one, we're all going to die. Two, extinction events have happened in the past. So why am I afraid of the inevitable? So I just wanted to jump on and share some of these thoughts and grap that I'm grappling with. And I hope that I didn't scare anyone too much or... But I mean, it's just it's the real it's, it's what's going on. So these are things that we have to discuss and have to grapple with. So I just want to jump on and give you some of my thoughts. And I'm open to you, you know, sharing yours as well. You can send me an email at I go to grow at gmail .com, Or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram um, at Instagram at, at I go to grow. Um, yeah, if you want to talk about it. So thanks for listening to this interlude. And until next time, I love y'all. Peace.